I've been thinking about this lesson for a while. Um, I've kind of had a, a few ideas on my mind, something I wanted to talk about. Uh, and then it kind of all fell together for me here in the last few weeks. If you remember, it's been a few months back now or more, I guess. I gave a lesson about uh, praying without ceasing. And I really, I really enjoy giving that sermon. I've given that at a few different places. It's been given as studies. It's just a really, it's a really, I don't know, fun is the right word. It's a, it's a really enjoyable lesson because of how practical it is. I look back at some of the, the lessons I've given before, and I'm afraid that they're not as practical as they need to be. And so I'm, I'm striving to make more practical lessons, uh, ones that are all obviously true. Um, I think that's something we should try to do every time we build a lesson, but also one that you can do something with. Uh, above it just being true. And so this morning I want to talk to you about eating your spiritual breakfast. That might sound a little bit funny. Um, I think it's important that we start off our day on the right foot. This is something that I've, I've tried to do for myself. I've tried to start off my day on a good, a good note, if you will. And I feel that that helps me throughout the day um, so much more than if I wait to do some studying at the end of the day, or uh, if I just get some spiritual thinking in my mind as I start the day. It, it tends to help me quite a bit, and, and not just in one way, but in many different ways. I have recently started uh, on a diet. Uh, I haven't tried to lose weight, um, but I have, I've, I've started dieting for the first time in my life. Uh, and something I never thought I'd have to do, but something that I've been trying to do. It's not been easy. Uh, it's not been fun, really. Um, but I think it's been good for me uh, in more, more than just a physical way, I guess. Um, I ate spinach for the first time in my life <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Uh, not enjoyable. <laughs> not, the, not the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my life. But I ate it. And it was all right. And I'll probably eat it again one of these days. We'll see. Uh, who knows? Landry, there's still hope yet. I realized that there were some nutrients that my body had never really gotten before that they needed. And then probably the most eye-opening thing for me, and I think if you would, would look at it the same way, and if you would do what I did, you'd probably be just as surprised as I was. I went to a website, and... Uh, what they do is they calculate the amount of calories you need to eat every day, and then they break that down into different types of, of calories that you need to eat. They break it down. I know this is boring. It was boring for me, too. They break it down into fats, and they break it down into carbohydrates, and they break it down into proteins. I wasn't surprised when I realized that I eat way too many carb, carbs every day. wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised when I realized that my diet was too high in fat. But the most shocking thing that I discovered was how low and deficient I was in protein. I like to eat meat. Most of us do. It was crazy to me how undernourished I was in the field of protein. I don't think ever in my life until about two months ago, I had consistently eaten enough protein every day. That was kind of ridiculous. It got expensive, for one, uh, and it was hard. I'll never look at a chicken breast the same way again in my life. I've eaten so many of them. 
this has some spiritual meaning, I promise. It was difficult, but it it was very eye-opening. I think of verses like Hebrews chapter 5 and and verse number 12. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The strong meat of the word of God is, is imperable, the value that, that that has for us. And I think that's pretty close to what protein does for our actual bodies. And how undernourished we are in protein. I think if we'll be honest with ourselves, we're probably pretty undernourished in the meat of the word from a day-to-day lifestyle. I think of verses like uh, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 22. You want to know what I'm talking about when, I'm, when I mention eating a spiritual diet. And specifically, we're in a minute when we get into it, we'll talk about a spiritual breakfast. How, how we can start our day out. More appropriately, but I want you to know a little bit before we get started what I'm talking about when I'm when I say a a spiritual diet or a spiritual breakfast because I'll say that quite a bit. I don't just mean studying the Bible. I don't just mean reading the Bible. I think that's important, and I think a lot of times when we think of maybe eating a spiritual diet, we just think of studying. Well, he's just talking. We need to study all the time, but I think it means more than that. We won't get too deep into that this morning, though. Galatians 5.22, as we, many of us know, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I think that this can be a type of spiritual diet that we eat on top of, of studying, on top of getting in the Word, on top of prayer, on top of doing good deeds. And so when I talk about a spiritual diet this morning, that's kind of what, what I'm talking about, I guess. It's very important that we get a good start in many different ways. The Bible teaches how important it is that we get a good start in life, and I think we can apply that to each and every day that we live. If you remember back from you know, junior high or elementary, you probably remember your teacher saying something like, well, it's called breakfast for a reason. It breaks the fasting period that your body has had overnight. I hate eating breakfast, usually. I, I typically don't eat breakfast. I never ate breakfast through high school. It just almost made me sick. I didn't realize how important that was. You know, if you haven't eaten since supper the night before, you might have gone 12 hours without eating anything. By the time you wake up, your body, your body just needs something. And if you don't, if you don't eat something when you wake up, your body starts to literally cannibalize itself. It's not great to think about. It starts to eat the muscles away. It starts to, to cannibalize on itself in order to get nutrients. If you don't drink anything for the eight hours you're asleep and you wake up and don't drink anything till lunch, your body will hold in all the water that it has and you'll be full of a bunch of water weight. It's important that you drink as well. I think spiritually the same thing can happen to us. We go through a period where spiritually we have no nourishment. We don't read the Bible when we're asleep. I don't. And I think it's important that we wake up and that we start the day with some spiritual nutrition. And we start our day off correctly. And the Bible teaches this is important. In Proverbs 22 and verse number 6, it says, Train up a child in the way, should go, way he should go. Excuse me. When he is old, he will not depart from it. 
the Bible teaches how important it is that you get a good start in life. Not just in your day, but in life. If it makes a promise. If you train up a child the way it should go, if you give a child the correct start that they need when they're old, they won't depart from it. When they're old, they'll have that to lean back on. This is reiterated, I guess, a little bit in Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll read a few verses there, and if you've noticed by now, I don't have a PowerPoint. I told you I liked that. Let's pray without ceasing lesson. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto, the, unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon the gates. It's important that we get a good start in life. I've always liked this passage. It, it reminds you of how much spiritual nutrition a person needs. And it probably is going to make you think about how little spiritual nutrition you end up getting throughout the day. It says that we need to have the Word of God in our heart from the time we wake up until the time that we lie down to go to sleep. To put it on your door, to put it on the, the gate outside your house. To teach it when you're walking around. But importantly, it says to teach this to your children because of how important it is that they get a good start in life. And I think if we'll compare that to ourselves, how important that is that we get a good start at the beginning of our day. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, it says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek me early will find me. See, that seems pretty simple to me. Those that will seek God early will find Him. And I think if we will use this as not just a way of looking at life, oh, if we teach our children to seek after God early, they're going to find God, they're going to live a good life, they're going to be happy, all this stuff. That's great, but if we look at that as our day-to-day -day life, if we seek God early in the day, we'll find God. I think that's true. I'd challenge you to disagree with me on that, honestly. If we'll start off our day with a spiritual mindset, if we'll start off our day eating that spiritual nutrition, whether that be a, a chapter study or just reading some passages or praying for somebody, whatever that might be, I think we'll find God if we do that. If we'll seek God early, we will find Him. It's very important that we get a good start. The Bible also teaches a, a truth in that we don't need to live or that we rather we do need to live a day-by-day -day type of lifestyle. We don't need to be worried about what's going on a week from now or a year from now or ten years from now. A few simple verses there. Of course, we know James chapter 4, verse 14, that our life is a vapor. But what it says in verse number 13 is, is rather interesting. It says we don't need to be worried about what we're going to go buy, what we're going to go sell, what we're going to trade, what we're going to do for work. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. The Bible teaches this mindset that we need to have of day-by-day -day living. And I think if we'll apply that to our diet, spiritually, we'll be a lot better off. You know, I've done a lot of research, a lot of YouTube watching on, on dieting, on how to eat a proper diet. I haven't seen any diet yet that will look at your diet as a whole week by week. Everything is day by day. 
Because that's the easiest way to keep track of a good diet. That's the easiest way to, to count your calories. That's the easiest way for us spiritually to make sure that we're getting the spiritual nutrition that we need. Luke chapter 12 and verse 22, Jesus speaking here says to the disciples, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for your body what you shall put on. He teaches about how it's not important uh, for you to be worrying about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. But he says in verse number 40 that I think makes it, wraps it up a little bit better, but be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Why would you be worried about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat when right around the corner at a moment notice the Son of Man could come back? He says you need to be living day by day, not worried about the simple and petty things of life. You know, I got to thinking about this verse and I realized that what we need to worry about and how we can live a day-by-day lifestyle is to focus on what we read there in verse number 40 that the Son of Man could come at a moment's notice. We need to have the right spiritual nutrition in our, in our spiritual diet each and every day so that we can be ready for that moment. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on. You know, I realize I've never once worried about something that I ate yesterday. I've never once thought, ah, can't believe I ate that yesterday. I've never once sat today and worried, oh, can't believe I wore that yesterday. That's just never been a concern of mine. What I have worried about is what could happen tomorrow. What I have worried about is something important like the fact that, I don't know, Jesus could appear at any moment. And finally, a way that we can live a, a, a lifestyle of that day-by-day living, I think is kind of written out in Psalms chapter 51. It says there, Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, I think if we can... Keep this mindset daily. And if we can work each and every day to ask God for a clean heart, if we can ask God for a renewed and a right spirit, if we can start out every day with that mindset and in that manner, then I think we'll be living the way that God truly wants us to live. And so that's what I think about a, a diet. I think it's important that we have a good start. I think it's important that we get that nutrition to start our day. And I think it's important that we understand the Bible teaches a lifestyle of day-by-day living. Now, here's how. Here's why I think this lesson is so important. You know that we need to study. I don't, I don't have to get up here and tell you that, even though I just did. You know that it's important that you pray. You know that it's important that, uh, that you're consuming the Word of God. Now, here's how we can do that to a more effective manner. These are things that I've tried in my life that have helped me. And, and they're very, very simple. Anyone, anyone can do this. And I'll break it down into four small categories. And this is just ways that I've started out my day that I've found that help. One is to plan. To plan ahead for, for what you're going to do that morning. To plan how you're going to live that day. And I know I just said that we need to live day by day and not worry about planning things. But trust me on this. The next one is that we need to remember a few things. We need to remember just who we're here to serve. We need to remember who we are as a servant. And then we need to remember uh, uh, one other thing. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. I won't get into it too much. We need to pledge our life to God. You might think, well, I've done that. I think it's important if we do that daily. 
If we make a pledge to God each and every day, that's been one of the most effective things uh, personally that I've done. And then finally, we need to find some support uh, or uh, some accountability, if you will, and I've lumped that in together with, with praying. I think that this is how you can live a day-by-day lifestyle. This is how you can get a good start each and every day and use that to, to live a better day, honestly, to uh, make sure that you aren't straying away from God when you have free time with no specific purpose, to endure temptation, and to endure difficult relationships that you have in life, and then just your, your daily life. If you notice, those are points from that lesson that I gave on Pray Without Ceasing. So how can we plan? We, we do need to live a day-by-day lifestyle, but it's important that we plan out that day-by-day. It's important that we have a plan in action. You know what happens if you don't have a plan in action and you get tempted? You fall to temptation. It will happen 99 times out of 100 if you don't have a plan in place. You know what happens if you have an actual diet and you don't plan for that diet? You will not eat according to that diet 99 days out of 100. It just won't happen. Things don't happen by accident. In Proverbs chapter 21, the fifth verse there says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to abundance, but those who are hasty come only to poverty. This has happened to me and many times. You wake up in the morning, you're in a rush, and you realize you got 15 minutes before you got to leave. Before you got to get to work, before you have a meeting or whatever it might be, you got 15 minutes. What's the first thing that's going to get cut? Breakfast. Or you're going to eat something that's very unhealthy on your way out the door. You'll grab an incredibly sugary granola bar or something. That's what ends up happening if we don't plan ahead. What happens is if you leave the house and you leave your chicken salad there and you go to work and you forget it, you're going to end up eating at McDonald's. You're going to end up eating something unhealthy. This, the same thing happens spiritually. If we get up and we don't plan to get the Word of God in our hearts and in our minds, we're going to put other things there. If we get up and we don't have a plan to lead us to abundance, it's going to lead to poverty. That's a thing to me. That without a plan, that if I had to guess many of us don't have when we wake up in the morning, it is that we'll be led to spiritual poverty. Poverty is something we don't like to think about. Poverty is something that we think a lot of times we're kind of above in a way. But to think that if we don't live today with a plan, we're going to be living in spiritual poverty. That's kind of sad. Proverbs 14 verse 15 says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. When I think of the simple believing everything, it reminds me of somebody who's just flying by the seat of their pants. Just whatever works. We'll get up. We don't have to have a plan. We'll, we'll do the best that we can. Oops, didn't get to study this morning. Didn't say a prayer this morning. Didn't do anything spiritually uh, that was spiritually nutritional to myself. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of that later. We'll do that tonight. The prudent gives thought to his steps. The prudent is a little smarter than that. The wise people are a little bit smarter than that. And they're going to plan things out. You know what this means? <laughs> I'm thinking about a diet again. The, the prudent are the meal preppers. They're the ones that have everything set out. They got everything. They got their little bit of rice and 
grilled chicken breast, and it's ready to go. And they've got one for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that's just what they're going to eat. And you know what? The meal preppers are the ones that stick to their diet. They're the ones that lose the weight. They're the ones that are healthy. But it's the people like me that are not very good at meal prepping who end up you know, breaking the diet, who end up not meeting their goals each and every day. So just think for a moment. Imagine, imagine if your salvation was based off your ability to physically meal prep. We'd have a lot, of, lot less snacking yaks on Friday night, wouldn't we? <laughs> We'd kind of not be wanting to do those anymore, would we? If your salvation was dependent on your ability to physically meal prep, if you left the house without your chicken salad, you wouldn't be going to McDonald's. You'd be going back. Our diet would soon become incredibly important. But in reality, our salvation, in, in a way, is dependent on our spiritual meal prepping. It's dependent on how well we intake the Word of God, on how well we strive and plan out each and every day to live a godly lifestyle. It's something I had never thought of. I never prepped before. I never planned out my day before, spiritually. And you know what that's led me to a lot of? Spiritual poverty. That's what that's led me to. And I promise you, if you don't plan, if you don't start thinking ahead, you'll be led to spiritual poverty. It'll become a lot more serious to you if God says, Zane, I'm going to need you to eat every day for the rest of your life 2,264 calories. We'd be counting calories a little bit better, wouldn't we? In a way, he said that to us spiritually. I believe God expects us not to meet a calorie intake spiritually, but I believe he expects us to get a certain amount of studying in each and every day. I think he expects that of us. I think he expects us to do a certain amount of praying each and every day. I think he expects us to do a certain amount of good deeds each and every day. To check on people. If we don't plan on that, how many times does it end up happening? Because I'm, you know, in a way, if we think about it, our ability to obey God depends on it. Depends on how well we can plan. This is also shown in Luke chapter 14. We read this verse a lot whenever we are going through a five-part study with people. It says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether you have sufficient to finish it? It's important that before people obey God, before they obey Him in baptism, they sit down and they count the cost. That they understand, that they have a plan in action, that they're ready to obey. It's important just in the same way that we each and every day plan ahead and see if we have enough spiritual nutrition in order to finish the day. In order to finish the day in the way that God would want us to. It's important that you have enough money to build the tower. It's important that we end up having enough wind to get the sails all the way across the other side. And it's important that we have enough stamina to finish the race that we call life. I think it's important that we plan... I also think it's important that we remember a few things. In Revelation chapter 1, verse number 8, says, I'm the Alpha and Omega. This is my favorite verse. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which is, excuse me, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. This is who we're dealing with here. 
We're dealing with the God of all gods. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was the past, he is the present, and he is the future. I think it's important that we remember who's holding us accountable to this diet. I think it's important that we remember who we are as well. You know, a verse that we've read many times, Ben read it last week, Jeremiah 17, 9, says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's who we are. You know what we want to do? We want to think about meal prepping. We would like to be that meal prepper. We'd like to be that healthy person. We'd like to be that thin person. But our heart is, spiritually, our heart is wicked. Our heart pulls us away from that spiritual diet. Our heart pulls us away from getting that spiritual nutrition. And I think it's important to remember one other thing. Ephesians 4 and verse number 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. It's important that we remember the calling we've been called to. That's basically what the word vocation there means if you're going to pull that up. It's important that we remember the calling. It's important that we remember that we were called to God in baptism. It's important that we remember who we, whose name we bear on our chest each and every day, which leads us to the point that I think it's important that we start off our day with a pledge. We started off our day every day at school with the Pledge of Allegiance to the United States of America, to the Texas flag. You know, that made me think of a few things. It made me think of the freedom we have in this country. It made me think of what it took to get that freedom. When was the last time you honestly made a pledge that you belong to God? That you're going to pledge to live the life that God wants you to live? When was the last time you made that pledge? I think it's important. I think it sets our mindset for the day. You know, David gives a, a pledge to to God in the 63rd Psalm. He says, Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. A pledge is made when Jesus speaks in Matthew chapter 22 saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And I think it's important in our pledge that we remember what seals that pledge. In First Timothy it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth that them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and of some honor and some dishonor. I think it's important that we remember the seal that God looks down and sees on us. I think it's important that we make a pledge to not break that seal. When I think of a seal, I think of a scene from Lord of the Rings. It's the, the first Lord of the Rings where they fill that envelope with the ring in it, and he uses some kind of hot wax and sticks it on there, and you can see whatever that imprint was of that seal. And it's going to do a few things. It's going to hold that envelope closed, but it also lets you know who that envelope belongs to. God sealed us in the same way if you will. He's got that seal. We need to remember that and, and make that pledge to God. We will not break this seal. And also that when we go around day by day, we wear that seal, we wear that pledge on us each and every day. And so finally this morning, I think it's important that we find support, that we find somebody that we can talk to. 
uh, and that we pray about our, about our spiritual diet, if you will. Proverbs 11 says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Galatians 6 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill off Christ. I found in my life that it's been immensely, it's, it's not even close how much easier it is to live each and every day and to intake that spiritual diet, to obey God, to not fall the temptation, to work through those difficult relationships, Whenever I have somebody to talk to about that, it's not even close. It's, it's, it's not even comparable. It's so important that we have somebody that we can talk to about that. Well, we got a bunch of people here now who've heard this lesson who I hope want to think about their spiritual diet a little bit more. Find somebody and talk to them about that. Did you live by the, the spiritual diet you need to live by today? It's a pretty simple question. And also need prayer. Matthew chapter 6 says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. This is kind of a way that I think is, is going to be like the carbohydrates, your prayer. You need a lot of them. They give you energy. They help you get throughout the day. I think that's what prayer is. And I reevaluated my prayer life here recently and realized that I used a lot of vain repetitions. That I prayed my daily prayer. I prayed for the people I pray for. I prayed for the forgiveness of sins. I prayed for God's will to be done. I prayed for the things I pray for. I realize those things probably have become vain with just in the, a way that I, that I pray them, how often I pray them. So I think it's not only important that you find that support group, but that you reevaluate your prayer life and helping you reach these goals. In closing this morning, I want to read one more verse to you. It comes from the seventh chapter of Proverbs. This is what I believe will certainly happen to you and me if we don't plan. This will certainly happen to you and I if we don't remember. This will certainly happen to you and I if we don't pledge our lives to God. And this will happen to us if we don't find that support group and if we don't often and early pray throughout the day. Proverbs chapter 7. We'll read a few verses at the beginning there and then we'll read verse 22 as well. We'll start in verse number 3. It says, Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house, in the twilight and the evening and the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets, and lieth and wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, and I accidentally cut that off there. We see this picture of a young man who falls into a temptation. There's a, a harlot there. He walks by the way where this woman, where this woman's at. And she it says there in verse number 13, so she caught him up. 
In verse number 22, it kind of ties it all together, what this man did. It says there in verse 22, He goeth after her as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stalks. What we see is a man who did not plan, a man who didn't remember, a man who didn't remember that seal, pledge his life to God, who didn't fall back on his support group, didn't pray. But the most important part, I think, is we see a man who just didn't have any plan in action. Well, I'll just go over here. Whoops. He finds himself in a pretty bad situation. I, I think with a little bit of planning, with just a little bit of planning, this man doesn't fall into this temptation. With a little bit of planning, this man can be referred to not only as a fool, or not as a fool, but rather somebody who's prudent, somebody who's wise, somebody who's smart, somebody who spiritually has understanding. And the difference between him falling to that temptation, the difference between him pleasing God, a difference, if we look back at 2 Timothy, with him being the vessel of honor or the vessel of dishonor, is just a plan. It's just how he could have started that scenario out. Brothers and sisters, the same thing will happen to us without a plan this morning. The same thing will happen to us if we don't wake up with the right mindset. If we don't wake up intending on eating a spiritual diet throughout the day. And I've talked about breakfast a lot this morning. I think it's important that we get the good start. But it's important that we do this throughout the entire day. That we have a plan in action. What if this man had a plan in action for a temptation? What if this man had a plan in action knowing where that woman was on the corner? I got a feeling he wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't even have found himself in that situation. In closing this morning, I want to talk to you about a couple of stats that I found on the internet. Uh, A diet can be very habitual. It's something that you, if you do it long enough, you will stick to it. It will just be part of your lifestyle. And then once you break it, it don't take long to get out of the groove. I think that's how a lot of Good habits are. Uh, Like I said, this is something I've been trying to do here lately. It's helped me a lot. Uh, I think it's helped me just to live a life and live a day that's more pleasing to God in in every facet and every way that you can relate it to. It says that good habits take anywhere from 18 to 254 days to form. It's going to take a while to form some good habits. To really get in the groove of forming these good habits. It'll same thing will be spiritually. It's going to take a while to form some good habits. To get used to eating that diet each and every day. It's going to be difficult. Let me tell you how important it is, though, to stick to that diet spiritually. One, it's going to help us avoid temptation. It's going to help us with those difficult relationships we have in life. It's going to help us in every facet of life in which we didn't have a plan before. But if we do break that diet, if we do end up breaking uh, the good habit, it takes as little as three days to get off of that habit. I tell you, it don't take much for Satan to overcome us. But it takes a little work to overcome him. With a little planning, I believe we can do that. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.